Eat, Sleep, Movie. Repeat. Repeat. A podcast from Cafe Cinema's Kitty Kitty. Welcome to episode four of Eat, Sleep, Movie, Repeat. And this week we're talking about Barbenheimer. Man, the hype around this is fantastic. Barbie and Oppenheimer opening on the same day. Plus, we find out from Ross what Cathay Cinema's Kitty Kitty are doing for Father's Day. G'day, Ross. Here we are at episode number four. I know. Who, who would have thought we'd made it this far? <laughs> it's a long way for two blokes. It really is. <laughs> at our age, I'm surprised we've even got half well. Good on us. Good on us. So we'll get into the prediction and we can talk a bit about Mission Impossible because I've been to see the movie and, man... One thing I can say about Tom Cruise, he knows how to make movies. Absolutely. Um, I'm the same. I saw it opening night, sitting in the movie theatre in Kirikiri, and I was, yeah, very happy with how good that film was. I mean, certainly it, it stands up there with all the other Mission Impossible films. It's it's head and shoulders with, with some of those other films that he's done, for sure. And when you go back uh, after you've seen the movie and you see all the practical effects, like the on top of the train and him leaping off a cliff and all these things, it's just minimum amount of CGI, I suppose. He wants to do get back to the old-fashioned way of making movies, and it, you can tell just by looking at it how good it is. Absolutely, and you can tell that they have a lot of fun making those movies. Like, the, the comedy comes across very genuine. There's moments in there where he's having his conversations with Simon Pegg, you know, who plays Benji, and they're just going backwards and forwards, and it's a couple of scenes there. The comedy there is, is really well-timed, and I, I really enjoy it. And there was a really good scene with a Fiat 500, an electric Fiat 500. Honestly, there was that was really funny, old-school filmmaking at its best, particularly a, a scene where they roll the thing over and over and over down a staircase. And at the bottom, he starts out driving, and by the time they land at the bottom of the staircase, he's sitting in the passenger seat. And he's really clever, funny little little nods to old school filmmaking I mean, I've, I've seen that movies you know they're just brilliant well apparently i was reading an article today everyone's calling for there's a four-hour cut of the first movie they they filmed so much oh i, I could imagine that too because some of the scenes you know and some of the behind the scenes stuff that we've seen online as well if, if you go on youtube like me because i'm a total nerd if you start looking at all the behind the scenes stuff you do see scenes that didn't make it into the movie but you think, oh man, that would have been cool to see that as well. So yeah, you'd be in the cinema for some time. What you know, that's not a bad thing. That that's a good thing. But we need to talk about our box office predictions. I can't quite remember what I actually went for, but I think it was ridiculous. Uh, yeah, look, I think we were both hoping for a big, big number, and that's not to say the movie hasn't done a big number. Uh, it has. So the movie actually pulled in for the time frame that we gave ourselves. It was one point eight three million through that Sunday opening week. In terms of the film's overall box office results, it's it's well into the two millions. It's um, you know after ten days, it's getting closer to three million as we speak. But of course, that's all going to come to a grinding halt as two big big movies and one particularly very long movie start this week. So Barbenheimer, yes, Barbenheimer. Um, well, look, let's talk about Barbie first because Barbie is the big one, and it's interesting because I, I saw a comment from Kate Roger yesterday on Twitter going you know Barbenheimer is upon us effectively <laughs> She's, and, uh, and I wrote back and I just said Kate Barbie possibly for the biggest grossing film of the year Oppenheimer probably going to get a nod for the Oscar best picture of next year in the Oscars and that's the hell I will die on 
We will see. We will see. Yeah, I'm not too sure about Barbie because I, I, I don't get what it is. Is it a kid's movie? Is it an adult movie? I mean, I've got to say they've done some incredible marketing for it. It's, it's just outstanding. But from all that, I'm not sure where it sits. So, look, Barbie is, I think it's kind of trying to be all things to all people. The film is intergenerational. Barbie as a toy is, you know, seven decades old approximately. It's got a big, big fan base of young women and, you know, and and men to a degree throughout the last 70 years. It's got 50-odd computer-animated direct-to-video and streaming TV films about itself. You know, this is the first live-action Barbie in that time. So it is, it's setting a benchmark, so they do want to do it right. It's got a big, strong cast of actors, you know, Will Ferrell and America Ferreira, uh, Dua Lipa, you know, Ryan Gosling and, of course, Margot Robbie. They are really trying to make this a fun film, but there's definitely nods there to adults as well because, again, it is a four-quadrant film. You're talking to kids, you are talking to adults, and even with some of the clearly uh, adult-based humour, the film only came in with a PG rating, so they're definitely going after the kids. And the film is already doing huge numbers. I mean, officially it opens as we're speaking today, but the film opened last night to a huge amount of box office for the uh, evening session. I hadn't actually looked at the numbers. I, I briefly looked at them last night, and they were climbing pretty rapidly. I imagine this film is going to be a big, big big grossing film for this weekend um, especially as the weather kicks in a little bit rougher this weekend I believe and that could really play into this movie's hands well I think with Barbie too what you're saying about the animated movies and that's kind of where it sits for me because my daughters are my eldest is 23 and my, my twin girls are 19 and the Barbie movies were things that we watched as a kid and you know, are you going to go to this Barbie movie? Are they going to expect to see talking dogs and cats? Maybe not. Who knows? And that's kind of where I'm sitting going, I'm not sure where it sits, but they're excited about seeing it. So there you go. Yeah. Well, look, we've, we've already had 27 people go through the cinema this morning to see it at 10 o'clock in the morning. Now, that's not kids off school. Well, I assume it's not kids off school. It, that's adults who are going to see the movie and we've got a strong amount of pre-booked sales for that I know a lot of cinemas around the country have done very very well already with their pre-bookings I think that the film is just going to be one of those word of mouth films if if the film's good and people walk out of it feeling really good and positive A. They'll go and tell all their friends to come and see it B. They'll probably come back and see it again which and that is when the movie takes on a life of its own. The film's actually quite short unlike Oppenheimer where you know you're going to go in there see this movie it's not going to you're going to be sitting there for hours and hours and hours it gets the point it has a bit of fun it doesn't take itself seriously and you know it's a it's a comedy at the end of the day it's a funny little family film it's a shame it didn't open in the school holidays to be fair because this would have been the hero film of the school holidays but i think that's going to give it the opportunity now to just run and run oppenheimer too i saw the trailer for that at mission impossible and I, I've been following it since they announced they were doing it. It just looks like a spectacular Christopher Nolan movie. Oh, look, absolutely. Christopher Nolan is known for big, spectacular films. He's known for really favouring IMAX footage. He films most of his films on IMAX cameras. He has made some classic, classic films in his time. And this is going to be no different. And I've, I've kind of pitched this movie to people. I've said, look, it's the best bang for buck you're going to get. When they ask me why, I say, well, if the ticket's $15, it's only costing you $5 an hour to watch it because it's three hours long. 
which I think is it's the best way to sell this film because when people hear it, it's three hours long, they go, wow. You know, is there a break in the middle? I've asked that quite a bit. Is there, a, is there an intermission? But unfortunately, no. The only problem with the three-hour film is that if it feels like three hours, that's when it can get a bit hard to watch. But look, I think this is definitely a film that is of interest to people. Uh, there's a lot of historic, I mean, historic films in general do quite well. So this movie is, is I think it's ready to go. It's a film of its time. And I think Christopher Nolan's going to do an amazing, amazing job with it. It stars Cillian Murphy, who is a fantastic character actor. And, of course, it's got Emily Blunt in it, Matt Damon's in there, Robert Downey Jr.'s in there, Florence Pugh's in there, Casey Affleck, and it's got Kenneth Branagh as well. So it's got an all-star cast. And Nolan is known for putting together solid stories, solid films, incredible casts, and an amazing lighting, and everything about this film says it's going to be a spectacle to go and see. I don't know if this is the film you're going to go and see twice. If you're going to invest your six hours, then go for gold. But um, it certainly is one of the you know, highlight films of the year, I think. Do we have to make a prediction for these two? I think we do, don't we? I mean, we're never right, but we may as well give it a crack. It's what we do. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll throw two out. Okay, I, I think Barbie's going to be... Look, I, again, I'm going to go a high on this. I think it's going to be 2.25 million. For week one, I think Oppenheimer is going to be probably about 1.2 million, to be fair, just because it's so long. Right, so I I say 3 million for Barbie and 1.8 million for Oppenheimer. Yeah, I hope you're writing these down. I believe there was Jaffers on the line last time, and I think I won those. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put those Jaffers on the line this time. I'm going to double or nothing my Jaffers. So if I if I win, you owe me double. If I lose, spin, neither of us gets Jaffers, but we'll send six. Now, we need to talk about you doing something special for Father's Day too at uh, Cathay Cinemas. Yeah, so Father's Day, look, it's a long way away. It sounds like a long way away, of course. It's um, the first weekend in September. But the problem with anything, if you're not going to tell people about it, they're not going to know. So you've got to tell people about it early. So we've put together a pretty cool event, in my opinion. It's the Father's Day weekend, Saturday 2nd of September. It is the 20th anniversary screening of Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. This movie means a little bit to me. 20 years ago, I was the very first cinema. I was opening a movie theatre down in Christchurch called Reading Cinemas The Palms. opened in September of 2003. And that was our hero movie. We were the very first cinema to play it as part of our big opening festival. And so because of that, I've been sitting around for 20 years going, wouldn't it be nice to show that again? What could I, when can I do that? And now here I am 20 years later, I'm actually owning my own cinema. To me, it's just a great thing to do. It's, uh, I want people to come along and have a lot of fun. I want them to dress up as pirates. They can win tickets. We've had a wonderful prize donated by the um, uh, Silver Wave Yacht Charters, which is a day cruise for six people value over $1,100 to give away on the night. And, you know, it's for our little cinema um, up in Kirikiri, it's, it's a, to me, it's a real cool opportunity to have a lot of fun. So I'm really hoping that we can get everybody to come along, dress up in their pirate costumes, the best pirate costumes, and we'll probably win this prize. And there'll be plenty of other things too. And if you want to um, obviously look at those bay charters through Silverwave, just go to their website, which is silverwave.co.nz and um, have a look. But uh, yeah, to me, best movie of the bunch 
really important and I can't believe that it is 20 years since Pirates of the Caribbean came out. Now we need to talk about a musical movie too. Is that out at the end of this month in July? Yeah, that's correct. So um, the 27th sees the documentary on Australian singer John Farnham. Um, release. That's a really interesting documentary. Most Kiwis will be aware of John Farnham. The film is all about, it's called Finding the Voice. Everybody knows that his song The Voice was just a massive hit in the 80s, 90s. And this story basically documents behind the scenes after he has had to recover from major surgery where he had cancer in his mouth. And of course, He's also had a lot of struggles in his life. He's, had, you know, he's been right at the very top, and he's gone all the way down into de- you know, depression and poverty. So there is a strong message and a strong story here, and I think it's well worth people going and having a look at. It's um, apparently Australians, Australia's highest-grossing documentary, music documentary ever, and it looks like a really, really good watch. I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, he's a real character. One of the concerts I went to was Billy Joel at Mount Smart Stadium, and the opening act was John Farnham. And they had a few technical problems, and and John Farnham told this really cool joke while I was trying to get things sorted out. But I clearly remember when he sang You're the Voice, where I was sitting just below me, Billy Joel, Christy Brinkley, and everybody from the band were out there singing their hearts out when he did that song just below me Uh, just an amazing experience and boy was he great live just fantastic oh absolutely look he's he's an australian icon and and to be honest i think kiwis have adopted him as well he is just he's got a great sort of discography of of songs just outside of that song so of course we're going to see a lot of hits that he's through that um documentary talking about other songs he sang as well it won't be just the voice but certainly what a what a great you know australian singer and a great story it'll be from sadie the cleaning lady to the little river band to going solo that's what it'll be absolutely absolutely yeah so that's that's a heck of a lot of stuff we've got and of course then next our next episode which will be episode five as of you playing along at home there are some pretty cool things coming out then because we'll be into august there's a new wes anderson film coming out called asteroid city we've also got the best of the french film festival returning in august and uh yeah there's a few other things i'd love to talk about as well um particularly around this is something i keep mentioning as, as movie critics and my thoughts on them so yeah i really have a query on um the role that they play and how they are affecting cinema now in the age of social media. So that'd be something for us to discuss, hopefully, uh, in episode five. But if it gets too boring, we'll just throw out the episodes. No, we'll definitely talk about that. And uh, I look forward to getting my jaffers. Thanks, Ross. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for listening to Eat, Sleep, Movie, Repeat. Cafe Cinema's Kitty Kitty bring you the best in entertainment. Find out more and book your tickets online at cafecinemas.co.nz.